We're continuing this Sunday uh, our series on Jesus. I know that's a, a amen, yeah. I know that's a, a strange thing to talk about in church, but we're going to try and tackle it anyway. Uh, but we're going to specifically talk about temptation this morning. Temptation to be tempted. You know what that's like. I know what that's like. Sin is attractive. Doing wrong can be exciting. Being bad can be fun. And you know the pull of sin just like I do. That feeling that you know you shouldn't do something, but you do it anyway. A feeling of risk, the rush of almost getting caught. Now, for someone that's unhappy, this excitement is a break from the burden of sadness. For someone that's depressed, this excitement is a distraction from the weight of hopelessness. For someone that feels unloved, temptation promises to fill that need. For someone that feels unworthy, temptation promises uh, that it will give you what you desire. See, there is nothing in you that temptation will not promise to give you. There's no need or desire inside you that temptation will not promise to quench. But the problem is, is temptation is a liar. But temptation is tempting. And we see in uh, Luke chapter 4, where we'll be this morning, we see Christ, Jesus, the Son of God, being tempted. And Christ was tempted by Satan himself. So we're going to look at this morning how Jesus handled temptation. We're going to find that account in the letters of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But specifically, we'll be in Luke chapter 4 this morning. We see this after the baptism of Christ, we'll jump in in verse 1. It says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said to him, To you I will give all of this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, the Bible says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for him from here. For it is written, we see here now the devil's quoting scripture, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. The first thing that really jumps out of me in this passage here of Scripture is that Jesus was led into temptation by the Holy Spirit. See, walking with the Spirit and following Christ in our lives doesn't mean you're not going to get tempted. It means instead you resist temptation. 
Now, God doesn't tempt you, but he does allow us to be tempted. And see, many times you can't avoid temptation, but you can be prepared by being sure to walk in the Spirit daily. In fact, Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Let's say that a different way. If you don't walk in the Spirit, then you will gratify the desires of your flesh. What is that trying to tell us? It's trying to tell us that we don't have hope to resist temptation apart from relying on Jesus. See, some of us have no chance to resist because we do not walk in the Spirit. Now, what is walking in the Spirit? It sounds kind of spooky, right? No, it just means walking in constant contact with your Savior. Nothing, no sin between you and your Heavenly Father. But see, Jesus is led by the Spirit to be tempted and tried by the devil. Much like Job, God allows Satan to take his best shot at Jesus. The Bible says that he was tempted for 40 days. This wasn't just the temptation of having one too many pieces of cake. This is intense here. This temptation was so intense that Jesus fasted and prayed the whole 40 days. So Jesus is alone in the wilderness being constantly tempted by Satan. Much like Israel was tempted for 40 years in the wilderness, except unlike Israel, Jesus did not sin. And once again, we see from the accounts of boy Jesus that we talked about, and the baptism of Jesus, we see once again, Jesus is about his father's business. He's seeking and doing God's will constantly, but Satan tries to take Jesus's eyes off of God's will and instead put Jesus's focus on what Jesus could do to fix his problems on his own, apart from the will of God. But Jesus fought temptation with Scripture. See, in the heat of battle against temptation, you are only as strong as the Scripture that you hide in your heart. Now, Jesus was tempted with all three types of temptation as outlined in 1 John 2.16. It tells us all three types of, uh, of temptation. It says, for all that is in the world are these three, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not from the Father, but is from the world. You see here, there's three types of temptation, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. First, Jesus, uh, excuse me, first Satan tempts Jesus with physical desires, the desires of the flesh, to give into hunger and use his deity fulfill, to fulfill his needs instead of doing God's will. Satan says, turn this stone into bread. Do what your body tells you to do. Follow your gut. God doesn't expect you to wait forever to eat. Just do it now. What could possibly be wrong with eating a piece of bread? It's not like you're going to go smoke some crack here. We're just talking about a nice slice of pumpernickel. What's the big deal? But Jesus knew what was right and what was following God's will and what was instead just taking matters into his own hands. So he submitted to the will of the Father 
and he pulled out the verses that he memorized in kids' church and clubhouse, right? Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8.3. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus says, the fulfillment that I get from God is better than being filled with bread. What God gives us is far better than anything that sin gives us. And here Jesus also, in this passage and all over the New Testament, Jesus shows us that the Old Testament scripture is still important because he often quoted it. So we see here first, Satan tempts Jesus' flesh. And next we see that the devil tempted Jesus with his eyes. It says he showed him all the beauty of the world and promised to give it all to him if only Jesus would bow down and worship Satan. And the Bible shows that the devil showed uh, Jesus all the beauty of the world in a moment of time. There's a ride at Epcot called Soarin'. How many have ever gone and, and gone on that ride? What it is, is it's a, like a five-minute ride where you're like hand gliding over all these different beautiful snow-capped mountains, the, uh, the pristine beach, the desert, and in like five minutes you go all over the world. I don't know if that's what it was like, probably not, but that's as close as I could think of what it's like to see all the beauty of the world in a moment of time. And I don't know what that's like, but we, it says that he saw all the kingdoms of the world in just a moment. And the devil can ruin your life in just a moment. And that temptation comes. But it's almost as if uh, Satan forgets that Jesus was there at the beginning. He is God. He took part in creation. And he's trying to tempt Jesus with his own stuff, the stuff that he made. Now, the Bible says that Satan is the ruler of this world right now. But really, he's just borrowing it. Now, maybe Satan was tempting Jesus with an, with an easy way to win the battle and take back the world, but without having to go through the pain of the cross. Jesus, you just simply need to bow down and worship Lucifer. It's no big deal, right? Everybody does it. <laughs> Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 6.13. He says, it is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him shall you serve. Jesus says, I am only concerned with doing the will of the Father. It's him and him only that I serve. Get out of here, Satan. Why? Because what God gives us is far better than anything that sin gives us. The devil will promise you money and fame and power and friends and love and anything he can to trick you into bowing down to his agenda. And it can all happen in just a moment of time. I haven't been around people with addiction very much before I came here. But the one thing that I have noticed is that something as simple as a girlfriend can completely dis, uh, derail someone's recovery. All that temptation needs to do is to get us distracted from the real mission it can happen in just a moment of time, and temptation will promise you everything that it can to get you to take your eyes off of God's will and Jesus. Another trick is, uh, the devil uses is to trying to get us to believe that the ends justify the means. Do something bad, but to do it for a good reason. 
Just bow down. Yeah, it's not okay for you to worship Satan, but if you do, you don't have to go through all the pain of the cross. I'll just give you the world back and it'll all be okay, which obviously wouldn't have solved the problem. But it was tempting to not go through the pain of the cross. And lastly, the devil tried to call him out. First, he called him out with the desires of the flesh, and next, with the desire of his eyes. And lastly, Satan calls out his power to question who he was, appeal to his pride to prove himself. Satan takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and dares him to jump to prove that he is Jesus. He says, if you really are the son of God. And then this time the devil thinks he's real smart and he tries to use scripture to control Jesus. And we got to be careful when we manipulate scripture to prove our point rather than letting scripture prove its own points. We're never, never more like the devil than when we twist scripture. Satan quotes in Psalms 91 verse 11. He says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On your hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. John MacArthur says that Satan twists a verse about trusting God into a flawed attempt to try and test God. He says, look, this verse says that you'll not even, the angels will catch you if you just jump. Prove that you are God. But then Jesus uses Deuteronomy 6.16. He says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, God does not have to prove himself to us any more than you have to prove your might to an ant. God does not need to prove himself to you. But Satan tries to get Jesus to bow up and to prove himself. But Jesus knows who he is, and he knows who God is, and he doesn't need Satan or the world's respect or approval because he has God, and he is God. And what God gives us is far better than anything that sin gives us. Matthew's account gives us this cool detail in uh, Matthew 4.11 says, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. And we see here that even though Satan tried to twist Psalms 91.11 to get Jesus to prove that God uh, keeps his promises, God still kept the promise of that scripture. And even though Satan tried to twist it to get Jesus to do something, the angels did come, and they did bear him up, and they did comfort Jesus after this long, difficult period of temptation. And the angels come, and they catch Jesus like a family catching a man who just finished a marathon. And then it says that Satan departed for a season until a more opportune time. And this tells us that Jesus wasn't just tempted for a month of his life, but over and over and over again, and he never gave in. So now it's your turn to face temptation. Now it's your turn. Just hold on. Don't fall. Help is coming. Just keep trusting and don't quit. God is going to bring you out of this more refined and more pure and stronger. And after this long trial, the rest and comfort of God are coming. 
Bible says that Jesus was tempted by these things, but ultimately he chose over and over and over again to please God rather than to please himself. Now, this wasn't the first time that Satan had used these three strategies and temptations. See, Satan doesn't have a lot of tricks. We just keep falling for him. He used these tricks back first at the beginning in Genesis 3, 6. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was tasty, and that it was the delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. We saw here that it was good for food, the desires of the flesh. It looked good, the desires of the eyes. And it would make her wise, maybe wiser than God, and it stoked the pride of her life. And Adam and Eve gave in. But you don't have to. Jesus proved that. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. We have the help of Jesus. He knows what we're going through. And you might say, but he was Jesus. He was better. And yes, he was Jesus. And yes, he was better. And yes, he was God in the flesh. But look at what this quote from C.S. Lewis says. It says, no man knows how bad he is till he has tried very hard to be good. A silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. That's an obvious lie. Because only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. After all, you find out the strength of the German army by fighting against it, not by giving in. You find out the strength of a wind by trying to walk against it, not by lying down. A man who gives in to temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. And that is why bad people, in one sense, know very little about badness. They have lived a sheltered life by always giving in. We never find out the strength of the evil impulses inside us until we try to fight it. And Christ... Because he was the only man to never yield to temptation is the only man to, to know the full of what temptation means. See, Christ fought temptation head on, far worse than we will ever face, and he won. And now he promises to help you through your temptation. It's your turn. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, whoever Thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Be careful if you, got, you think you've gotten to that point where you've got it all covered, you're, you're going to be okay, you can finally breathe. It says, take heed to the, who thinks that he stands. You better watch out because he could fall. And, but there's no temptation that's overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with that temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. See, if we walk in the Spirit, we don't have to live as slaves to our flesh. That's what real freedom means. 
Often we uh, believe the lie that if, if we could just follow our flesh and do whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted, that that would somehow be freedom. But that's not what freedom is. That's bondage. That's you being a slave to every wicked and evil impulse in your life. That's not freedom. Satan wants to attack you with the desires of your flesh, the desires of your eyes, and the pride of life. He wants to ruin your life in just a moment. But what God gives us is far better than anything that sin gives us. God's way is the best way. And it comes down to this. Are you going to live with your will being done or God's will being done? And Jesus had to to make that choice as well. Why? Because Jesus cloaked his deity and he relied on the spirit for victory. Jesus walked in the spirit and he did not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Are you walking in the spirit? We see Jesus praying and fasting and using God's word to have the victory. Are you having the victory? If not, why aren't you fighting temptation like Christ taught you to. If you don't walk in the Spirit, then you have no hope to resist sin, and sin destroys. It promises a lot, but in the end, it destroys. Temptation is exciting, but in the end, it's excruciating. Walk in the Spirit so you don't let sin ruin your life in a moment. Resist the devil and he will flee. He wants to make a fool of you and your God by causing you to choose to worship him rather than God. But God promises a way to escape sin. So get ready, pray up, walk in the spirit, memorize the Bible, be careful because Satan knows the Bible too and he'll do his best to twist it fast if you need to. Be prepared because temptation is coming. We have an example in Christ how to resist temptation. And he had the victory. And now it's your turn. Every head's bowed and eyes closed. Move into this time of meditation, reflection, asking ourselves the question, God, where do I fit into this? Maybe that's you that at times you've lived in the chains of the flesh. Whatever your body told you to do, that's what you were going to do. We don't have to live in the desires of our flesh, we don't have to live in the desires of our eyes. Where whatever we see that we want, we just go and we try and get it and we obsess over it and we make it our God. Or maybe that's you that pride is what drives you to prove yourself, to prove other people wrong about you. Satan could have bowed up and said, hey, look, uh, excuse me, Jesus could have bowed up and said, hey, look, Satan, I'll show off to you right now. He wasn't concerned about what he thought of them. 
Some of us make the people that we would consider our enemies our God because all we do is try and set out to prove them wrong. And in the end, we fixate on them more than anything else. Jesus gave us a blueprint here how to face the temptation in our life. Just remember that temptation will promise you whatever you want if only you will bow to it. But in the end, it's a lie. Some of you have found that in your life where you've come to a place where you realize all the things you were chasing, they were a mirage. In the end, when you got them, they weren't what you thought they were. But yet, so many times, even after we learn that lesson, we go back, find something else, and we chase that instead. What if you just rested in the fact that you knew that you were created by an almighty God that loves you and knows you inside out, he knows all those secret dark things inside of you, those thoughts that you think no one else hears. He knows all that. And he still loves you. The Bible says that he knows the hairs of your head. He knows exactly who you are this morning. What if you just rested in the fact that God knows you and loves you? And that God wants to give you what's good for you and keep you from what hurts you? What if we just walked with him every day and relied on him, realizing that if we walk in the spirit, we don't have to live as slaves to our flesh, slaves to temptation. Every head bowed and eyes closed this morning. As the music plays, the altar's open up here. God moved in your heart. You just want to spend some time praying and just crying out to him. You come now, you pray in your seat, whatever you're comfortable with.